It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another great episode of the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast. I'm Nick. With me, as always, is Anthony the Rook. Unfortunately, TJ couldn't make it tonight, so it's just going to be... Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. But tonight, we've got an awesome episode for everybody. Uh, we do have great news. We like to start off with really great news sometimes, or at least heartwarming stories. Uh, and this week, Rook, why don't you tell me about uh, the heartwarming story we've got this week? So the heartwarming story I have this week, sometimes I like to start with this uh, before we get into the bashing of all our sports teams, um, is the story of Brian Red Hamilton. I read this on NHL.com. Uh, Shout out to <clears throat> Dan O'Leary. He's an online editor for NHL.com. He's a friend of mine. So he, he shared this story, so I got, I, I got wind of it. Um, so Red Hamilton is the assistant equipment, equipment manager for the Vancouver Canucks. So he was on a away game. He's collecting equipment up after the game. Uh, in Seattle uh, for a Seattle Kraken game. And all of a sudden, a, a, a woman just knocks on the glass and tells him, you know, that mole on your neck, you know, looks a little cancer. So you might want to check it out. And he kind of was like taken back by it. Like, who's this woman? What is she telling me? And when you hear someone tell you, you might have cancer in your neck, you get scared. She did it with so, her cell phone. She always did it with her cell phone. So she didn't even say it. She actually yeah. uh, but it said the mole right. is cancerous. And he was like, what? Yeah. And like, when you see that, you probably get taken back and a little scared, I guess. So he kind of ignored her. Uh, eventually, he did go to a doctor. The doctor did say that it was a malignant melanoma in situ, which is um, probably just like it's like just like the skin. Uh, on it's not it's cancerous, but it's just the skin, so it's early on. So because this girl caught it, her name is Nadia Popbici. Um, you know, he he found that he found that it was cancerous. So he removed it. They you know pretty much saved his life. He's uh, he went on social media looking for her, trying to find out who she is. They eventually find her. They bring her to the game. Um, I think it was. I think it was at the cracking game. She's a season ticket holder. Yeah, because she's a season ticket holder. Uh, and then they awarded her a ten thousand dollars scholarship for her med school because she's going through. She's in med school right now. Um, just an incredible story. Just one of those things where it's when it comes to kindness. You know, I always say, or the saying is, I don't always say it, but the saying is, kindness is free. So you know, it, it takes it takes very little to be kind to someone. And Nadia went above and beyond, uh, you know, being a season ticket holder, didn't have to do anything. 
uh, and but went above beyond her humanly, you know, duties to anybody else, and said, "Listen, get that checked out." It turns out, you know, she saves the life of a father, a husband. Uh, he's got one daughter. Uh, just an incredible story, and good for both Nadia and good for both, uh, you know, Fred Hamilton as well and his family. Wrap it up for Nadia. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love the story. Uh, what I really loved about it was he took it to the uh, Vancouver Canucks media team and was like, I need to find this woman because I don't know who she is. Everybody's got masks. I don't know what she looks like. Everybody's got masks on. I had a very short interaction with her, but she saved my life. And they took it to social media. The Seattle then took it to social media. And the girl's mother was like, that's my daughter. Oh, wow. And the girls in one of like the Seattle Kraken fan pages, the mother was the one that was like, that's my daughter. And then reached out to her daughter and, and they, they, re, they reconnected when the Canucks were playing the, uh, the Kraken uh, later, which, uh, which yeah. was really cool. Yeah, uh, real cool. People helping people is powerful stuff. Exactly, it is. And that's, yeah, that's basically what I was saying. Kindness is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, do something nice for a stranger. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be rewarded for it. Do it the kindness of your heart. Sometimes you do get rewarded like Nadia did. And it, it's a good thing because obviously she's, she's one of those people who were, as a doctor, you know, she already shows that she could help people. So I think her going forward is going to be a positive thing for her in her life. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, yeah, I like hearing it. I love hearing it. It just, yeah. And I, I love that. It's just, he, he's the assistant equipment manager. Not yeah. someone you hear about all the time, but he's just as important. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, right now the Rangers uh, equipment manager is dealing with uh, cancer. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we wish him the best as well. Yeah, cancer sucks. Um, uh, yeah. NFL Week 17 playoff implications coming into the final week of the season. Rook, what do you got for me? We just saw uh, Monday the Steelers all but – I'm pretty sure that the Browns at this point are now eliminated from playoff contention. They're eliminated, yep. Um, and uh, the Steelers, I think if they win, they're in. But they need a little help too, right? So talk to me about that. I think the Steelers do need a little help. Um, most of the seeds are actually locked away. I think out of the – what is it now, 14 teams? Yeah, I think like out of twelve or the fourteen are already set. Um, so there's only a couple, a couple, you know, the seating purposes still going on. Uh, but obviously the the uh, uh, the Packers uh, are number one seed in NFC. Uh, the Cardinal, uh, the Cardinals or Rams are up between two and three because they're tied with the same record. So that's a that's a battle there. Uh, right now, obviously, the only one that matters is the bye, is number one. Um, obviously, you want to be home. You want to have a better seating, get a better team. Um, other interesting thing is I think it's, um, there's a, there's a thing going on the internet right now where the Raiders and chargers, I think it's, if somebody wins, I can't remember who it was, but they if can, somebody wins, it can tie and they both make the playoffs. playoffs. So it needs, so there are Sunday night game. Cause everyone's like the playoff implications are in this game. So they flex it to Sunday night. So now you could realistically, they could have that scenario happen where they could just shake hands under the game, but like a, like let's have a little fun, play a little game, but make sure we're tied at the end, so we both make the playoffs. But actually, they're both in the same division, though, so I don't know if they're going to do that. They're they rivals. Oh, they could forfeit. They <laughs> can both be- forfeit, which would result in a tie. And the NFL would never allow that. Happen? That would be miserable for the fans. Well, they have a game on Sunday night. They can't forfeit the game Sunday night and Absolutely. lose millions. Of- no, but they would lose millions of dollars in like sponsors and viewership. You'd make the playoffs. I know. I get that. Dollars and sponsors. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's, that's, a, I think that's the craziest. Now I'm trying to think 
what team it is that has to win or lose. Uh, Cause it's a strength of schedule thing. It's, I think it's, it's like, I think it's like if the red sea, oh, you know what it is. It's the Jags, the Jags are going to be the Colts. That's the what Jags it is. And the Colts. Yes, it is. And everyone's like, Oh, but that's not going to happen. But the Colts have not that's won a game in Jacksonville or beat the Jags in Jacksonville. They never beat the Jags in Jacksonville since 2014 was the last time they won in Jacksonville. So right. people were saying, you know, it's possible, but I don't, I don't think it's possible because I think, uh, the culture handle the Jags pretty easily because they're they're a clown show anyway. But um, I'd actually like to see the Jags win, and I'd also like to see the, uh, the Lions win. Who do, if the Lions win, the ja- they get the number one pick. The Jags don't, right? If the Giants, no. The, no. I'm sorry, I want to see the Lions win. Yeah, I know it's the Lions. The Lions get number they one pick. Make a difference, but the Jets get better positioning. Oh, you were saying the Lions. So if the Lions lose and the Jags win, the Jags then, lose out the number one pick. Right, 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 right. Although I don't think it makes a difference who their number one pick is, regardless. So I no, need- it doesn't. It really doesn't. But uh, uh, then going over to the AFC, I think they're I'm trying to remember if the uh, off the top of my head. Oh, who, Just talking who, about the AFC, but all right. No, I meant the top seeds in the AFC, not the oh, bottom seeds. The, the top seed, I believe, it was the Chiefs. I don't think it's the Chiefs anymore, though. Oh, I think it, I think it actually might be the Chiefs. The Chiefs are ahead, I think, and then I also love the fact that the Bengals. Made the playoffs again with Joe Burrow in his second year. I know you don't really like. I feel like you always make fun of me for liking Joe Burrow, but I just feel like it's so very random that you just came out like one day you were like Joey Football, and I'm like, who call? A, who calls him that? <laughs> I was like, and B, since when do you like Joe Burrow? When did that happen? That's I, I like him with the. I don't have a problem with Joe Burrow. I just find it weird that out of nowhere, I like him. Joe Burrow, I like, well, I liked him when he was at LSU. Um, when are you an LSU fan? I'm not. I like Coach O. Get the. Shenanigans. Come on, how do you not like Coach O? Coach O's the man. Watch, this is me not liking Coach O. Come on, that accent. I just did it. No, I, don't, I just don't. I, I don't. First of all, I'm an ACC guy, so I don't like the SEC. I know you don't. Um, yeah. You know, I just, that's all. I mean, I really, I, and then if I had to pick a team, I'd be Auburn. Yeah, yeah I figured you, you would. For no reason other than I think Bo, like Bo Jackson went there. <laughs> I think it's stupid that they're the Auburn war. They're the Auburn Tigers, but their battle cry is Warhawk. A war eagle, you mean? War eagle. Yeah, I'm sorry, my fault. War eagle. Yeah. Can so, somebody explain that to me? Yeah, war eagle. I don't. I don't understand it either. Uh, but that's that's just what they they do. I don't know. I also like the moment because uh, you know Alabama just dominates all the time. So, but. Uh, that being said, about the AFC. Oh, wait. wait, hold on. Sorry. I, we messed up. The Chiefs are number two. The Titans have number one I, overall. I was like, I don't think the Chiefs are number one. Yeah, and, Titans. Good point right now. I just want to bring this up. We uh, we now have an intern with us. Sal, if you're out there listening. Sal, will start with listening. us next week. Uh, and, and this is why we need Sal. So that we can get our <laughs> – when we say stupid things, Sal can shoot us a message and go, hey, guys, I don't know if you know this, but you weren't paying attention – to all 45 of these sports with their 40,000 participants. And you got that little tidbit wrong. That's yeah, why we so have Sal so that Sal can square us away when we say stupid things. So as I'm saying this, because I, we obviously messed this all up was that there are three playoff berths available. Um, so far, the people who've clinched are Packers, Rams, Bucks, Cowboys, Cardinals, Eagles. So pretty much the NFC East or the NFC in general. 
that's the NFC. Uh, it says one playoff rate available, but I don't know. The 49ers are, oh, because there's the NFC West. No, no, no. Now, this is confusing me here. But anyway, uh, the Titans, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, Patriots are all in on the AFC side. In the hunt are the Colts and the Chargers. And then obviously on the bubble, the Raiders, which we just, we explained before how the Raiders will will get in, uh, would get in if there was a possibility for them to get in. And then the Niners are also in the hunt. So yeah, there's Niners are also in the hunt because they could possibly be a six seed. Uh, Eagles are clinched already. They're going to be a wild card either way. So I think the wild card is only the second wild card in the NFC is only only thing up for, uh, available. Whereas the two wild cards, the two extra wild cards here uh, in the AFC are still up. Um, and the Saints are also in the bubble, so they have a possibility to get in. Um, that would be they're gonna need help. The Saints made it in without Jameis Winston. Uh, that would be something special. That'd be, I, I, and then they lost like they lost all their quarterbacks at least once. I think they got down to this book kid, what's his first name, Jordan Book or something like that. Yeah, yeah, made his first uh, NFL start. It was off. Is it Cook? No, it's Book. Oh, it is Book. It's Book. It's yeah. book. Um, and he, uh, an awful start. It was really bad. But the mere fact that they had to result resort to him and somehow still in the playoff hunt is impressive. I don't know if that says a lot about them or a lot about the NFC, but it says something. <laughs> well, they're eight and eight. Uh, so that extra game gives them a the extra week. Give them a chance. Week, week 17 wreaking havoc on the NH- on the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, uncharted territory before. This is the first time we've had an 18 week season. So that's exciting. Obviously, it's keeping the playoff races a little, uh, you know, somewhat alive because there's only three more spots. I felt like it was chaos with those five or six spots. I have the spots are still up for, for grabs, but um, you know, it, it should be fun. This Colts, Chargers, Raiders scenario is worth it. Yeah, that is worth it. It is worth it. I just, I want the Colts to lose just so that I. It's nothing personal, Indianapolis. It's not. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. I want them to lose just so I can see the Raiders and the Chargers look at each other like, should we do it? Yeah, should we just – Should we do it? I actually would love if they were just like – They held the game. And ran through the finish line together. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I would just like love if they actually played the game. Just kept taking a knee. And then, no, and they were like – They were like scoring touchdowns, like just going back and forth, like making it somewhat competitive, make it fun, but then be like – Last play of the game, just like, ah, oh, just score. Just go ahead and tie the game up. I don't want it to be fun at all. I want it to be like the finger poke of death in WCW. <laughs> that was for you, Sal. That was for you. That was some old school wrestling, the finger poke of death. I want Kevin Nash to poke Hulk Hogan in the chest, or, vice, or excuse me, Hulk Hogan to poke Kevin Nash in the chest and watch him take a dive and watch everybody just watch their faces melt, see the chaos ensue. Some people just want to watch the world burn. And that'd be you. That's me, man. That is me. What would, what would Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels do in that moment? <laughs> I don't know. He saw a lot of out of bowl games. This is kind of very similar, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah that's true. It is. Kurt Herbstreit might lose, lose his damn mind. <laughs> that being said, moving forward, uh, Antonio Brown and more data just came out literally like 10 minutes ago. His camp just released their statement with regard to the situation that took place on uh, on Sunday as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the New York Jets in a very, very close game uh, without getting into too much of what he wrote because it was very long, uh, a very long statement. The long and short of it is, is that Antonio Brown basically broke his ankle and was playing on a cracked ankle, fractured ankle, right? 
whether you want to sit there and try to make a medical distinction between a crack, a break, and a fracture, last time I checked, a fracture is a break. It's just not a total break. Yeah. So he has a broken ankle. He tells his coaches, my ankle really, really hurts. I can't play anymore. And basically, Bruce Arians and the Buccaneers staff said, well, either you're going to go on the field and play right now or you're cut. And he said, well, then I'm cut, took off his shoulder pads, threw them on the bench, took off his shirt, threw it in the seats, took off his gloves, threw them in the seats, and basically chucked deuces to the world and rode off into the sunset. Now, it looked weird. And, of course, because it's Antonio Brown, everybody kind of uh, chalked it up to Antonio Brown being Antonio Brown. Uh, But – as of today, he released a statement saying the entire Buccaneers organization knew that he was injured, could not play, and were trying to force him to play. What are your thoughts on that, Rook? My only problem is uh, if he wasn't skipping and running off to the locker room, it's a little it's a little hard to believe that he was cracked ankle or not. I mean, I've, I've torn a ligament in my ankle. I wasn't able to skip around and run. And a torn ligament is nothing like a fracture. I thought that was weird, too. Very weird. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not – I'm not trying to say he's – it's suspect, I will say. I'm not trying to call him a liar, but it's suspect. The fact that he was able to skip off, spit deuces up in the air, put it up there, and then be like, all right, I'm going to jog around to the, the locker room. So, yeah, he did a couple of jumping jacks on his way to the locker room. Um, That's they gave him an extremely strong and dangerous painkiller. That's their excuse about why he was running around. He was able to run around. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> safe i i guess that was that was his ration i mean listen I'm, I'm not antonio brown i like to think i have a very high pain threshold as well um but uh there's a you know the the, the old football adage is between being hurt and being injured if you're yeah. hurt you can play if you're injured you can't if he says he was injured i'm in no position to argue with him i think i think again this became like a weird thing because it's antonio brown were it anybody else they probably wouldn't have made a spectacle as they left the field of play no, of course um, not. but uh, you know things happen. All right, that's good. So, uh, moving forward from what we've just discussed, we're going to talk about. So, Jalen Hurts avoids the Washington. I guess it's a police railing, collapsing and damaging him. It wasn't even a police rally. It was like part of their stands, like their seating. I think it was. I saw a picture of it, and it looked like they zip-tied police railing to their stands. Oh, well, that's just ridiculous. And, and, I, and I, 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 the crazy part was is, you know, it's very reminiscent of at the old vet, which was a just a just, just disgusting mockery of a state. Yeah. I remember, like, 20 fans falling through a railing and, like, dying, and it killed, like, the stadium. Like, everybody died that day. It was crazy. Yeah, that's great. I was saying, if you're an Eagles fan, you're watching that, and you're like, one, you're like, damn, he's got good feet work. Because he he really avoided that. He knows how to, he's, he's, he knows how to keep, keep, keep a pocket clean, you know, get out of trouble. And some like, pressure. It was like he had some pressure, pressure coming in. He was like, this is nothing. I, I handle this all the time. Uh, but, no, it was cool. It was actually – it sucked that it happened, but it was cool to see him that he, you know, he reached out and was helping people up and was actually caring about them. And then he basically was like, "Hey, Washington, fix your goddamn stadium." I saw, yeah, I saw he he released a whole statement to the NFL, yeah. and Washington uh, football team. Um, yeah. Seriously, and uh, basically saying like, "You need to fix your damn stadium so nobody dies or almost dies ever again." Yeah. 
It's a wild, it was a wild week of week 17. That happened. The Antonio Brown thing happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, that was, we just wanted to mention that quick. Cause it was just, I thought it was just crazy. That even happened. Um, but then you also have, you know, Joe judge tirade for 11 minutes. Um, and I'm going to get into this. Cause I know Nick, Nick texted me earlier and said, I'm just going to listen. You're like, I need you to go. I need you to go off. Here's me right here. Muting my mic. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to go too much into it because I've already yelled at Joe Judge and Nick throughout the entire season. But, I mean, basically, the thing, he comes out, he has this whole, I'm not a clown show organization. I've seen good things. He always says he sees good things. They put up three points the last three weeks in a row. You had negative 10 passing yards. And you're going to tell me you saw good things. The offensive line can't block anyone. They're just absolutely terrible. Everything, every aspect of that football team from the special teams to the offense, the defense was an embarrassment. The Chicago Bears are not that good of a team. Matt Nagy is not that good of a coach. Matt Nagy outcoached you, Joe Judge, just so you know that. Like, and you're going to tell me you want to keep your job for next, for next year. Matt Nagy's getting fired. He's being fired. And you're going to tell me you want to keep your job next year. I mean, at this point, the Giants, I know a couple of weeks ago, this is the sources said they want to bring Judge back. They want to bring back Jones. At this point, I mean, I don't really care for the quarterback. There's no quarterback available right now that would be better than Daniel Jones. I don't think in free agency, maybe in free agency, uh, but in the draft, you're not going to get a quarterback that could play better than him, I think, at this point. Maybe Kenny Pickett from P- Pittsburgh, but, I mean, that's a second-round guy, so you, I wouldn't even waste a first-round pick on him. There's no quarterbacks worth the first-round pick. So if you stuck with Daniel Jones, fine, I get it. But you cannot stay with Joe Judge. You can't stay with Gettleman, either force him to retire or fire him. Or that, and then for Joe Judge, just get rid of him at this point. Let it be his last week. It, it, we've seen enough of the Giants organization. We've seen these terrible coaching decisions. It starts from the head up. And I don't mean the coach. I mean from John Mara to the front office making these decisions. A horrible GM. I mean, pick with with Gettleman. I mean, he hasn't made any real draft picks that hit hit in the last couple of years. Uh, you also don't have uh, you know with Joe Judge. You you had McAdoo who did make the playoffs his first year. But even then, the offense was so stingy when it came to trying to get points on the board. I mean, yeah, McAdoo, horrible. He was fighting the way through the year. Then you bring in Pat Shermer. He's horrible. And then you have then you have Joe Judge, who was – they almost made a playoff last year only because the NFC East was so weak that Joe Judge almost snuck into the playoffs. So everyone's like, oh, this guy's pretty good because he almost got them into a playoffs. But they were 6-10. and 10. I mean, that's not a winning record. He, he's he's 10-22 and 22 right now. He's probably going to end up being 10-23. and 23. You know, what, enough is enough at this point. And the news today was that the sources originally were that, you know, uh, Chicago Bears would be getting into Jim Harbaugh. Um, and now it's going to be that Jim Harbaugh might go to uh, the Giants. He says he's interested in the Giants if a job is available. If I'm the Giants organization, I'm making that phone call. I'm going to see if Jim is actually interested. I'm going to bring him in, talk to him, interview him, whatever you can, because that's an attractive – New York Giants, despite them being terrible, they're still an attractive landing spot for coaches. So at this point, you got to go. I know you're giving me that look, but it is. The New York Giants historically have been such a great franchise ever since, you know, John Maris took over not so much, even though they do have that one Super Bowl. But, I mean, I still think it's attractive land the spot. Looks I, like he, I just hate John Har. I just hate Jim Harbaugh. Oh, I, I, I get that. But he's a guy who's proved himself in the NFL before. Yeah, he's so got these guys who have not been able to coach in the NFL. Uh, at least with him, it's a guy who's proved himself. He's been to Super Bowl. He's been three NFC championships. Um, I, mean, I, I think that's the move at this point. You can't stick with Joe Judge. It's an embarrassment. I think fans are tired. Um, you know, because it's a clown show organization. Guess what, Joe? It is. 
I'm going to call you Joe. I'm not going to say Joe Judge. It is. It is a clown show organization. It's right now. It's it's not been fun to be a Giants fan. I know we've had Super Bowls. He's the ringleader of the clown show. What's that? He's the ringleader of the clown show. He's the, he's the yeah he's the ringmaster of the clown show. I mean it's it's unbelievable. But you know that's that's because when I ran in the Giants. I mean I'm, I'm just sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of these horrible picks. The front office needs to be better. Uh, and Joe Judge has to go. That's it. I'm done with this. Do you have any problems with his his philosophy overall? Yeah. What is his philosophy? <laughs> like, what is I it? Somebody called him uh, Ryan Clark. Destroyed him. The yeah. Other- yeah. You know, show me that. Yeah. Just take. I agree. And and he called him Timmy Tough Guy. He, oh, yeah. I, so that's the thing, too. Like, the, the press conferences. Yeah. Like, what is his culture? Like, the culture, you know, you always talk about coaches and good culture. And his culture has basically been there's been reports of him over in spring training. Uh, he, he would go up to a veteran player and drop him and be like, hey, give me 10 pushups right here. Like just trying to prove himself. I get he's a young guy. I think he was like 35 when he was hired or 36. He's a little younger than most coaches, but like you don't have to prove yourself that way. Like Sean McVay is a very good coach. He was what, 33, 34 when he was hired. I'm sure he was not dropping guys in the middle of the hallway saying, get down, give me 10. Those guys, if you look, watch the Rams, they love playing for Sean McVay. I feel like the same way about Robert Sala a little bit. I imagine that yeah, if dropped, one of his players dropped down and give push-ups, he'd be like, we're going to drop down and do some push-ups. Yeah. But the two of us. Yeah. I mean, he had two players retire in the middle of the in the middle of spring training. Uh, I keep on spring training, but training camp. Yeah. And then another player quit the team like randomly. Like I'm not going to sit here and oh, yeah. try to Calvin Benjamin is a big loss. He's not. But then again, yeah. when you look at the offense, the way it is, he might have been a boon by comparison to what they got. I mean, I, at that point, you can't really lose anybody. It's horrific. It's it's everything that Kadarius Tony was a horrible pick, um, first rounder. Could have done something else with. I get the guy they wanted was gone, but could have done better with it. Was that? They could have had Elijah Moore. Yeah, they could have. Yeah, they could have had Elijah Moore. He's he's a pretty good receiver right now. And I mean, just it's just every decision they make has been horrible. The picks don't hit. Uh, and it's just frustrating. Needs need to clean the house and then get this thing uh, back on the right track here. Absolutely. Uh, moving on from the very disappointing Joe Judge, uh, and I just my last two cents about Joe Judge. I feel like a lot of Josh McDaniels there, that the Bill Belichick tree where guys come out and they think that they yeah. can be a dickhead like Bill is. Mm-hmm. Bill Bill was a bit of a dickhead with a reputation, yeah. and. Uh, then went on to win to further his dickheadedness. Excuse me. She's a lisp. Um, I I don't think that Joe Judge has earned that. You, you, you can't do that. Uh, you just you can't be a dickhead and lose. Yeah, you can't you can win. You, you can't be a dickhead and lose. Yeah, I agree. I kind of like it. Perfect ending for that that segment of the Giants. You can't be a dickhead and, and lose. <laughs> Um, so the Jets nearly beat the Bucks. Okay. Controversy upon controversy upon controversy upon controversy. And I wish TJ was here because he would get more fired up about it than I am. I I wasn't mad. Two reasons I wasn't mad. I was at the Ranger game. They won four zip against a very good lightning team. And I was drunk. Uh, and so I wasn't mad. Also, it doesn't fuck up a draft pick. I wanted the Jets to win solely because it makes my quarterback feel good 
about himself. And I think that building up Zach Wilson is the most important thing the Jets can do moving forward at all. Zach Wilson, every day he feels good about being quarterback of the New York Jets is a positive. And we've seen a lot of growth from Zach Wilson. Uh, a lot of people had a problem with going forward on fourth and two. You could have just kicked the field goal and tied the and, and, and put gone up by a touchdown. You were up by four. You could have gone up by a touchdown at that point. I don't think Robert Sala had uh, faith and trust in his defense to go up by a, a, a touchdown and not give up a touchdown with two minutes left in the game on the ensuing drive. I, I honestly think that's what it came down to. Ultimately, Zach Wilson fails on the conversion and the world implodes on SNY. And you've got guys like Willie Colon and Bart Scott and Leger Duzable basically saying that Zach Wilson has a character flaw, that he's selfish, and that he could have made a different call to win the game for his team, but he was more interested in winning the game and in himself winning the game. For his team. Now, I wouldn't have a problem with that, except for the fact that Zach Wilson, at this point in his career, has been nothing but a model citizen. And as not, if you look at his social media, the only things that he ever posts are about his teammates. He never sits there and posts anything about himself unless he fails. When he fails, he's the first one to stand up and go, I failed. When something good happens, he's the first one to cast the light on a teammate. Uh, furthermore, the bigger problem that I have with specifically Bart Scott and uh, Willie Colon complaining about selfishness, uh, we can go to an article written by the New York Post's Brian Costello. If anybody knows me, I am not an advocate for any type of media whatsoever uh, because I don't feel like the public media is is – trustworthy, righteous, or has any type of values or integrity. They're out for themselves and their business. And they'll create business if there's no business available. However, Brian Costello is completely right on this one. And he mentions a time, I don't recall the year, but Willie Colon's on the IR. Uh, excuse me, Ryan Fitzpatrick completes a 15-yard pass for a first down. Willie Colon decides to start jawjacking with a, a member of the opposing team and draws a 15-yard personal foul while he's on the IR, costing his team 15 yards in a game he is not playing. If you want to talk about selfish, I would say that's selfish. You're not playing today. And somehow, some way, you're still negatively impacting the game. Because it's, it's not about the team. It's about you, Willie. I guess it's about you that day. Yeah, I'd say it definitely sounds selfish. <laughs> you know? And then, of course, Zach Wilson did. And, and I will say I've been I've been uh, I've really been going to the rails about this. And this this uh, this is very personal for me. Brian Costello went to and I'll quote the whole thing. Brian Costello went on to say, as for Bart Scott saying that Wilson has character flaws, maybe he should spend some time with Wilson before he starts commenting on his character. Uh, when Scott played, reporters were allowed in the locker room. I saw 
Scott give the middle finger to a photographer. I saw Scott try to mount a boycott of the media because he didn't like something that was written only to be shot down by teammates. Imagine players choosing the media over a teammate. I heard Scott rip Mark Sanchez in 2016 saying he would have won Super Bowls, plural, if Alex Smith was his quarterback. I heard Scott make juvenile jokes about Sanchez's Mexican heritage, calling him names with nacho or taco in it. Now, me as a Hispanic person, I'm Puerto Rican. If Bart Scott were to start making jokes about me, I'd have punched him in his mouth. All right, because if Mark Sanchez called him buckwheat, he'd be fired from whatever job he was working at right now. But but apparently Bart Scott thinks it's okay to sit here and call us Hispanics taco and nacho. And I guess I guess we're good. we'll take it up one level. He'll call us beaner and wetback next. That's the next joke. That's that's the next joke that Bart Scott. Now me personally, and I'm gonna get upset about this. I'm I'm I'm, I'm heated right now. SNY needs to fire Bart Scott because if John Gruden can get fired for an email he sent 10 years ago, I, I think it's appropriate that Bart Scott can get fired for calling Mark Sanchez taco and nacho. I think that's appropriate. Right. I mean, I it think seems, people deserve yeah, appropriate. courtesy. Yeah, I mean, it seems appropriate at that point. I mean, I, listen, I don't want to get into all that. Like, I, I am Puerto Rican. I know I'm not as... No, like uh, you're more Puerto Rican than I am. If but, you feel it, you feel it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and, but I mean, listen, we're both two Puerto Ricans here, you know, sitting down uh, talking about this and yeah, it's, I mean, it's offensive. I mean, it's not, it's not right either, either way, you know, it's, it's, it's not one way or the other, you know, it's, it's, if you're wrong saying something about somebody else or race, whether, whatever the race is, you're wrong. And I think at that point, yeah, I mean, John Gruden had emails from 12 years ago. I'm not defending those emails, but he was fired for those. Right, and, rightfully so. Rightfully so, exactly. And the same thing here. I mean, it seems like, uh, listen, I'm not trying to say, you know, call for a man's job, but if that's the way it is, I mean, that's the way they treated John Gruden. Why would it be the same for Bart Scott? I, I'm asking for the same courtesy as, as a person of, of, of as, a, as a minority, right? If, if one group is going to get treated with some a certain way, then I think that should be everybody, right? Like equality is what we're asking for. So if, if white man John Gruden's going to talk shit about a black person and get fired for it, then I think black person Bart Scott should get fired for talking shit about Hispanic person Mark Sanchez. Yeah. And that would set a standard that you don't say that. You don't, you don't bring that up. Not that it's okay for this group. It's not okay for that group. Because mm-hmm. they're, in fact, racist. Yeah. I, I, and I'm a Bart Scott. I, I used to like him when he played. I'm done with Mark. I'm done. I'm done with Bart Scott. If I were his teammate, matter of fact, if me right now, I don't care how big he is, how strong he is. Me right now, if he were to sit there and say something like that to me, I'd punch him in his mouth. He might beat my ass right after. He might <laughs> yeah. sue me until I'm he bored. Might. He might sue me until I could never make another penny in my life, and I might lose my livelihood. But he would think twice about saying something so stupid ever again. Bart Scott, you're a piece of shit. Fuck you. All right. From every brown person. Walking America, we are 27% of the population. Fuck you. All right. Um, that's well, all I want, I about that. 
Yeah, I want to go into... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. To back to the, the controversial decision about uh, Zach Wilson, the fourth and two. I mean, do you, do you put it a little bit on the coach, the fact that he put it in a rookie's hand uh, to make the decision of what play to make fourth two and instead of just kick in the three points and get in a touchdown lead? So the, 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 it was really an option when you, when you looked at the play, what yeah, was, it was an option play. It yeah. was, if you see here, this, if you see the a gap empty, right. Mm-hmm. Then you run the sneak. A it was too far to sneak. Yeah. You couldn't do it. The Bucks have the best DTs in the league. So long coach, you never give that option because it, it's really not an option. It, it doesn't exist. So just say, this is the play we're running. That's it. It doesn't matter if you kick the field goal. It really doesn't. I don't have a problem with them going on fourth and two. I don't have a problem with that at all. I have a problem with giving a rookie the the option. Yeah, that's my question. And the experience to make the decision. Mm-hmm. You're the exactly. coach. You make the decision. Yeah. Why would you put it in the, in the hands of a, a kid who, who this is his sixth, is what, 12th game in the league? And you're going to yeah. let him decide? No. You've been here. You know. And Robert Sala knew that. He was furious. But, but again, it's not the end of the world. It's a learning experience. Uh, I, what I was pissed off about was the previous play that nobody's paying attention to. Third and six. Dan Feeney throws a grounder on, from shotgun to, to Wilson. Uh, he, throw, he throws a grounder. And then Berrios, who I love. I love Braxton Berrios. Yeah. It's third and six. He runs a four-yard route. Yeah. And, like, like six or six yards, you gotta get there. Every fan in the world, when when you've got, however, down in distance, yeah, get there. Whatever the distance is, and the guy doesn't run to the sticks, you're sitting there going, "What the fuck are you trying to do right there?" Like, dude, the first down is on the other side of that stick. Yeah, Why are you running a route shorter than the stick? I, it happened. The grounder from Beanie was trash, and and by the grace of God, Zach picked it up and completed a four yard pass. Yeah, it's better uh, than nothing. I the opposite what can happen. Well, not only did Feeney throw a grounder, then he got slapped to the side <laughs> and was completely irrelevant in the play at that point. And Zach's basically got hit as he threw through a short, a short I mean, it was short as it was because he only ran five yards on the six yard play and yeah. then fourth and two. I, I'd be more upset by that than I am about the fourth and two. The fourth and two is hey, a rookie mistake. Yes. Course, third and sixth, you had a veteran in Dan Feeney and a veteran in Braxton Barrios both make poor choices. And I think that's been the downfall of Zach Wilson throughout the season is that 
when you're young, when you're a young quarterback, I think that you end up your best interest is to be Mac Jones, be a game manager. And yeah, your veterans should lift you up as you progress down the range. And, and, and Robert Sala let lent quotes to that saying that in three years, Zach Wilson will flip the bird to the offensive coordinator and say, I'm taking control of this because yeah, you have yeah. the experience to do that. But this year, I don't feel like the Jets veterans have really helped Zach Wilson as much as they could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you, I, I watched a whole quarterback breakdown of every pass that he threw. And you, you see guys like Ke- yeah, Ke- Keelan Cole dropping passes on perfect passes. And you're kind of like, dude, really, man? That, that's a first down. You dropped it. Like this kid's trying. He's, it, it was a perfect play. He, he threw that ball before you broke. He couldn't ask for a better pass. Damn. And you don't catch it. And, and, and we've been seeing that all season long. And I mean, I can talk to him blue in the face about Zach Wilson and, and the struggles that he's had this season, but we don't have a long enough show for that. Yeah. I, also, I do want to say just last part, I'm not a jet fan, but I think watching the jets uh, over the giants, I mean, it's been, I think you guys got a good base right now. I think you have, you have George Fant over there. Left tackle is playing a lot better in a left tackle spot. Uh, Makai Beckley comes back next year, hopefully healthy. Uh, I think you guys got a good good foundation right now. I think Robert Sala, you know, he's learning. Um, and so Jack Zach Wilson. But, I mean, I would say you guys are more hopeful moving forward next year than the New York Giants are. Well, there's too many question marks in the New York Giants as opposed to the Jets have their guy right now. The biggest problem with the, the Giants is I think they have $3 million in cap space for next year. Yeah, that is a problem. <laughs> that, that's a huge problem. Uh, and that's not dead cap space. That's uh, Excuse me, that is dead cap space. I think yeah. they – cut like maybe $8 million more and it's $11 million in free agency to sign your rookies first rounders and any free agents that want to go over that way. It's going to take, it's going to take at least four years before they become competitive from, from this season. Yeah. uh, You're right. Well, I guess moving on. This story was one that, speaking of people calling out character and values of people, uh, moving on from how you know Bart Scott called Zach Wilson selfish and everything. So the Bears beat writer, Hub Arkush, um, he went on to the 670, the score in Chicago. And I heard the interview, and I thought the interview was just bonkers. I think this guy is out of his mind. He says that basically he's one of the 50 people who get to vote for MVP this year. Um, and he said that he's not going to vote for Aaron Rodgers, who I think is a, the favorite to win the MVP right now, um, because he's a bad guy. He says that his values are not, I guess, are not appropriate with someone who should be an MVP. I think at this point, some other stuff he said too is a little ridiculous too. He said that Aaron Rodgers tortured the Green Bay Packers fans in the offseason and that the Packers had to get over the everything ridiculous that Aaron Rodgers was doing. It's just, yeah, I mean, I, listen, if, if if Aaron Rodgers is a Packers fan is torture, then what the hell am I going through as a Giants fan? You know, like, Aaron Rodgers, if you want to come torture me, yes. this, I'm all right with that. Zach Wilson can learn from you for a few years. Aaron yeah. Rodgers, please torture me. <laughs> torture me. He tortured them for a 13-3 and record, uh, number one seed in the NFC and their Super Bowl favorites. So they have a bye, too. So they have one game, and they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, obviously, the one seed. So, I mean, the, the road through the NFC to get the Super Bowl has to go through Lambeau right now. Uh, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good torture, if you're asking me. <laughs> Lambeau Field, the frozen, the frozen tundra. tundra. But then also the thing, too, is he was like, 
uh, the guy, I don't, I don't know his name, but that's 670 to score the host. That was, he was very funny on the interview. I was laughing, listening to it, but he basically was like the hub Arkush said to him, well, um, oh, I'm sorry. The host said to our hub, you know, well, where are you taking values into it's like off the field values into the most valuable player. And then he said, well, the word valuable is in it. And he's like, but those are not the same values, valuable towards values. He's like, it depends on what's playing on the field. And he's like, well, I just think he's a jerk. I think he's a bad guy. Now, mind you, Aaron Rodgers, a little, you know, recently was on the Pat McAfee show. And he said he's never met Hub Arkush ever, like never shook his hand, never met him. So this guy's attacking Aaron Rodgers personally instead of just judging him about his play on the field and has never met Aaron Rodgers. Never spoken to him. Never spoken to him. Not even meet, never spoken to him. Never asked a question in, in, a, in a press conference, nothing. And Aaron Rodgers had said that he's a bum, basically. And, you know, I kind of agree with Aaron Rodgers at this point. And he said that the reason why he's looking at him is that he's looking at the vaccinated standpoint. He's like, that's why Hub is, is not voting for me, because I wasn't vaccinated and I did this whole vaccination thing. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous at this point. It depends on the guys playing in the field. That you shouldn't – most valuable player is not most values – player you know what i mean like it's he took the uh, word into the wrong way rogers said maybe they need to add another letter and maybe he's the most valuable vaccine. vaccinated player yeah that's what he said yeah and it's just i mean it's just ridiculous and listen if you're if you're voting because you're saying the guy's a bad guy look this is this is kind of what we were talking about the, the hall of fame the last week our last week's show and that was the criteria in the hall of fame actually does state that you're supposed to have a good off the field presence too you're supposed to be a good guy granted some bad guys have gotten to the hall of fame but I, I think Hall of Fame voters for the MLB, the Baseball Writers of America, have more of an argument to use the values off the field as opposed to someone who's voting for MVP in that season. Like, if you're the best player that year, it doesn't matter what your values off the field is. Unless it's, like, obviously too far. I don't want to go too far. Back to the point where you're no longer a member yeah. of the NFL. Shouldn't be winning yeah. the MVP. No. I shouldn't say there's no values whatsoever, but obviously crimes and stuff like that, you know. Uh, but – what, what he's comparing Aaron Rodgers' values should not eliminate him from being MVP is basically what my point is at this point. So, I mean, it's just – it's one of those absurd things. I think, Hub, Arkush, you should get your uh, your vote taken away because you don't deserve it anymore. That's it. Absolutely. Well, the, the bigger problem that I had overall was he, he admitted on the air that yeah. Aaron Rodgers would not receive his vote prior to the season even starting. Yes, that's right. He did say that too. He said, no matter what Aaron Rodgers does, I'm not voting for him. For him. Yep. Now that's a problem. That, that It ruins the integrity of the award. And then another person said, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't recall who it was, but they posted that some players have incentive-laden contra- contracts that says if yeah. you win MVP, you get an additional $10 million or whatever it is. Yeah, that's in there. I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers needs it. I'm a blue collar guy. I make less than $100,000 a year. Yeah. I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers needs the extra $10 million, but I know that if somebody stood in the way between me and $10 million because they were worried about whether or not I got a shot that I did or did not want, we would have a discord. Yeah. 100%. I'd go find them in the streets and it would be like Sonny and the Godfather. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying, if somebody got in the way of my money, that way, because yeah, of most personal true. choice, we would have a problem. Uh, I did appreciate Pat McAfee. Shout out to Pat McAfee, referring to him as Pornhub Arkush. <laughs> That's actually provided. I, I didn't realize he did that. That's pretty yes, he did. I watched that show. He's talking to AJ Hawk, and they both kind yeah, of said, AJ. Fuck him. That's really funny. 
Uh, moving on yeah. from uh, Pornhub Arkush. Um, <laughs> football playoffs. Not Fox. exciting. Not fun. Why not? It just not. It wasn't fun. What Georgia did dominated Michigan. It wasn't even a contest. Thanks for showing up, Michigan. We appreciate you guys not forfeiting. Um, and then Alabama over Cincy. I mean, even that game wasn't that good. I mean, Alabama didn't crush them. I mean, they did technically the score wise, but that game was a little low scoring as well. I think through the first the first half, and they just never. I mean, you just knew Alabama, Cincy. You know, props to them. Group of five team. They're not a Power Five conference. They finally made it, got 13-0, and they gave them an opportunity. And, fortunately, Alabama's Alabama. SEC is still that top echelon. They're still a level above everybody else. And so here we are right now with the with the national championship, two SEC teams. SEC. just oh, And it's typical of SEC. Maybe ACC has been in there a few times, Big Ten. But it's usually SEC games. And, yeah. and, and I think as a college football watcher, I think they need to get rid of the BCS, uh, the the AP, all that crap needs to go. And they need to get rid of the conferences as well and make divisions. Because it's getting to the point where these conferences don't even match the numbers that they're sporting. Like every week, the Pac-10 becomes the Pac-12, becomes the (laughs) Pac-8. The Big 8 becomes the Big 8, but there's 14 teams in it. And then you're like, wait a second, my math is off. There's too many teams here. The Big 12. Um, There's only eight people, but the Big 12. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Everybody seems to want to be in the SEC right now. There's conversations about Florida State and Clemson joining the SEC. Yeah. Uh, It's it's ridiculous. It's it's creating a, a situation where there is no competition in the other conferences. So being a conference champion means absolutely nothing. Like, who's the Big East? Is there even a Big East anymore? Like who's the Big East champion? Like it doesn't matter. No, I don't know. I don't know who it is, and I don't really care. Take the Division One, break it up into divisions. Keep the obviously keep the option to have natural uh, rivalries and traditional rivalries. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then whoever is the champion, have a game at the end, right? Because the ACC does it pretty well, where there's two divisions in the ACC, and then there's a division champion. The yeah. division champion. Goes to a bowl game. Everybody else. Yeah. Well, my question is though, if they if they do, because people have been calling for the increase of teams in the playoffs, does that make it any better? I don't think there needs to be a quote unquote playoff system. I think they need to take the bowl games, the forty five bowl games that we have, and incorporate them instead of calling it the division series of the wild card. Call it the bowl game. Mm. Yeah, and you. Playing bowl games until you have a national champion. <laughs> just, everyone just play Alabama. Well, they're, they're, I mean, well, no, because maybe Alabama doesn't make it because they lose to Georgia in the first round. Uh, no, I get you, but you probably wouldn't have put Georgia versus Alabama in the first round because, no, because they have to play in the conference championship. They have to win their conference. No, I get that. I understand. But the same thing now. Their division. No, I know. I get it. I think. I honestly think if you increase it. Because that's like probably the mo- more reasonable way they're going like, to go about this is if you increase it, does it? it I guess it kind of dilutes the product too. Because then you might have like the Big Ten versus like Cincy, or you're going to have like I'm saying get rid of the Big Ten, get rid of the ACC. If you're you're now in the South, no, I'm not saying for yours. I'm saying if you increase it, just increasing it. Well, nobody's watching all the other bowl games anyway. Well, that's what I'm saying. If that's what they're planning to do when they increase it to 
let's say if they do the 16. But if it's the playoffs, that's a different story. Now I'm watching. Yeah, well, I think it's what they're I think that's kind of what they're planning on doing. Yeah, people aren't sitting out. Yeah, exactly. I get what you mean. And and to her Kirk Herb Street kind of went on a harangue about it. Uh I, I won't get into the whole you don't love football, but I will say that you are selfish if and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But if you didn't play in your bowl game because you were going to the NFL, you basically said all the guys that have been blocking for you and throwing to you and running for you wasted their fucking time. Because there are some players on your team that will never play a snap of football again. And you're probably the best player on their team or one of the best players on their team. And you didn't give a shit enough about them to play for them. You were more concerned about you and your future. And I'm not going to sit here and try to play the judge of whether or not that's important. But me as an individual, a member of a team, I, I, I couldn't look at my teammate in the eye and be like, listen, dude, I know you're never going to play a down of football again, but fuck you. I got to go get mine. I, I'm just not an I get I got mine type of guy. Yeah, uh, I got you. Just not. I, and, and people say it's easy to see, say when you don't have millions on the line. I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Sometimes money's not everything that's worth. I know plenty of players have torn their ACL, went to the league, and made millions there. Antonio Cromartie lost his entire senior season, still got drafted in the first round. Stingley's probably going to do the same shit right now. He got injured, and he'll still get drafted in the first round. So to sit there and say, oh, that person got injured and their career was ruined is bullshit. It really came down to the fact that the person was selfish and they were more concerned about their future, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but to try to argue otherwise. Oh, well, they were at the game. They were rooting for their team. Eh. They <laughs> defeated them. Yeah. Also, I want to go into a couple of ball games, um, which was the I think New Year's Day 6, those games. Uh, OSU versus who is it? Uh, oh, uh, Utah. Um, Ohio State versus Utah. Jackson Smith. Uh, Jigba? How, Enigma? How do you say that? Jigba. Jigba, right? I was trying to figure I can't remember. He had such an insane stat line. That game was insane. I think Ohio State, like 48. They won 48 to 45. It was no defense. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. went off. Oh, did he? Uh, for Utah, right? No. Marvin Harrison Jr. goes to OSU. Oh, he does go to OSU. That's right. That's right. I'm, oh, you're saying Ohio State, right? In the in the road. Yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State. Um, yeah, I just totally forgot about that. Uh, but yeah, so his game was 16 targets, 15 catches, 347 yards, and three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. I like, that's insane. Utah doesn't make the Rose Bowl if they had an actual playoff breakdown. No, they wouldn't, because the playoffs would have been they would have used the Rose Ball for like uh, one of the conference championships. It would have been a, it would have been a, a semifinal. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It would have been a semifinal because the Rose Rose Bowl, Big Daddy, there was the Granddaddy of them all. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Uh, there are some game bowl was... games. It, it, honestly, the two bowl games that would be the semis would probably be the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and then the um, the other thing was a good game was the Notre Dame Oklahoma State game. Oklahoma Notre Dame was up three touchdowns, and they gave up thirty uh, unanswered points. To lose the game, it's a like no, overrated all season. They almost lost yeah. opening ga- opening day to Florida State. I'm so a Florida about, and Florida State did yeah, not did. this year. For you to almost lose to Florida State and still be considered a top tier team, and that's how I know there's a bias for yeah, Notre yeah. Dame. Notre Dame has been trash since Rudy played there. Okay, and they always have this top tier like ranking for some unforeseen reason. They're and they also garbage. They lost to Cincy. Montana was their quarterback. Yeah, and they lost to Cincy too, uh, early in the year. Um, and this, I mean, the thing about that game was funny. Me, my brother bet on that game. We're like, Notre Dame's plus money, like for the money line. 
Like we don't, we just don't trust them. Like I think they're begging you to take Notre Dame because they know people love Notre Dame. Fighting Irish, a lot of people just love Dame brings for some reason because of Rudy, because of tradition. Yeah. Notre Dame brings a lot of viewers. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame sucks at football. They have again the last time they were good. Joe Montana was their quarterback. Yeah, and it was funny because at the halftime, I was like, I guess they got us. We we tried to outsmart the books by betting on uh, on uh, Oklahoma State. And, and like next thing you know, we're like watching the game and we're like texting back and forth. We're like, oh wait, this is they gotta this is gonna happen. We're gonna win this bet. And then no, we did. We put the money line on it. It was a pretty favorable odds on it, and it was a good bet by us. But it was just one of those things where it was like we knew they were begging you to take Notre Dame because they gave you plus money for a team that everyone roots for. And we were like, we have to go the opposite on that. So that's a little gambling story, but <laughs> So moving on from college football, uh, hockey returns yes, back yes. after after the holiday break, break. COVID. Omicron knocked out hockey for about ten days. Yeah, it was a miserable ten days for anybody that likes hockey. Yeah, uh, but hockey returns, and the Rangers sweep defending Cup champions, and they're on a little bit of a hot streak right now. I just want to point out that I went to the Ranger game on Sunday. It was my second game this season. I went earlier this month, and my record continues. I have never physically seen the new york rangers lose a game at madison square garden it's impressive it's very impressive out there in ranger land give me some season tickets i'm lucky (laughs) you'll never lose the rangers will be undefeated at home but also they not only that they beat the oilers they pretty they beat up on the oilers uh recently i think it was yesterday's game wasn't it 4-1 yeah they won 4-1 and then you had they're at the top of the standings the nhl number one in the nhl most points number one we're number one. We've done it. How about them Rangers? <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. Exactly. And the New York Rangers are first. So we're feeling pretty good right now, New York Ranger fans. Uh, I mean, Mika, Mika's coming on strong lately. I know he started off the season slow. He's been playing really well. That hot chat tree against the Lightning. Uh, you know, that that was great. Lafty's playing better. What's that? Crides. Crider's playing incredible. 20 goals this season so far. He earned every every penny of that extension that he got. People were like, do we really want to give him this money? Gave it to him, and he's worth – he's finally the Crider that we've been waiting for since he was, like, a rookie. We're like, we, this is the Crider we wanted, and this is it. Laugh, Laffy's playing bigger. He is. It's isn't. Laffy's playing incredible. He's starting to move up. And Aaron, Laffy gets a shirt. We'll get him a shirt. <laughs> a Laffy Taffy shirt? Laffy Taffy shirt. Um, Panarin's out with COVID protocol. Yeah, he is, and they're still playing well. They played without him on Sunday and, uh, and Tuesday, so – Boys but, are buzzing. Uh, the building's buzzing. As Jason said, Jason said it too. The building's buzzing when the Rangers get in there. Yeah. The uh, uh, Igor, um, Igor is playing amazing. Igor is Igor right at this point. I, I don't think we didn't even need to talk about Igor. Igor is Igor. Yeah. The Pimp Kane. I'm surprised if he doesn't play well. Yeah. The Pimp Kane picture with the, the black turtleneck and the chain. The Pimp Kane picture. Yes. Not really a Pimp Kane. It was a luggage car. But we'll say it's a Pimp Kane. We it, like it. It, was, it, it, it was a Pimp Kane. It was basically Igor walking into the stadium saying, How you doing? That's what that was. All right. Yeah, he's like, I'm about to come in here and make everyone my bitch. But uh back to back games, Georgiev coming in on a Monday. Yeah. And also playing some big some big puck. He did play really well. Um, yeah. Ever since uh you know, everybody get you know, you get worried about Georgiev. And all I can hope for at this point with Georgiev is to get a Cam Talbot return. 
Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. I, I want him to play like a one and trade him away. Yeah, boost that uh that that that's trade stock. That's all that is. Yeah. I still hate toward toward Georgiev. He's done a great wow. job. We they were chanting his name on Monday. A lot of Georgies out there. Georgie. Georgie. You know, uh I was I was chanting Igor on Sunday, that's for certain. Yeah. Uh, but uh but you know, obviously he's gonna want a starting role at some mm-hmm. point. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, it's it is what it is, you know. Yeah. His value goes up, it's better for the Rangers overall. Uh Lingren's playing amazing. He's back yeah. on the ice, a presence on the ice. Uh, I'm still rooting for Reeves to get his first goal of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Strom is lighting up the, the yeah, he is lighting up the ice. I mean, he's doing it all right now. I mean, Adam Fox is being Adam Fox. Adam Fox is Adam Fox, and Kako is playing big. Yeah, he is. Kako Tuesdays. Now, when I say he's playing big, I mean he's physically playing large. Yeah. He's playing like a big man. Like he put on 20 pounds in the offseason. And it looks yeah, Rangers are playing physical hockey, which is what we said last year. Remember, I think we ended up the season when we started the podcast about how they were just so weak. Tom like, Wilson ruined the Rangers. Yeah. And, and this year back and we're stronger. I mean, we're a physical team. They're playing physical, they're playing great hockey. And that's what you need. We said, I think we said, like I said, last year we were talking about like how they were non-competitive. When it came to someone being tough, we had guys trying to get into fights. And it just it was it was like who's gonna step up to the fight if there is a fight needed? Who's gonna protect our stars here? And who was I think it was Lemieux, wasn't it last year? He stepped yeah. up. He was biting people. Yeah, now he's biting people, but he was stepping up. He was the only one, he's not really the guy that should be stepping up. And then we had guys like Reeves and Reeves protecting, you know, Panarin and you know, Laffy and Kako. And and that's and, what I think Reeves also inspired somebody like Lingren, who's also putting hits yes. on. He is. He's They're putting physical, I love it. Love it. Yeah, I love that physical hockey. Uh, I love it. I think they're doing a great job. I uh, I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, they can keep it up. Um, but we talked about how the NHL was put on pause for about ten days because of COVID, and that has now affected world hockey. Yeah, the World Juniors were canceled. I think it was supposed to go on over that Christmas break uh, sometime uh, in the late December. Um, but it had to cancel it. And that's, that sucks for those, those young guys, you know, that's a juniors hockey league, you know, for them, it's, you know, that's a big, that's a big time for them to get their moment to shine, show their skills off and then for it to be canceled. It sucks. People like watching that too. It's fun to watch. The same thing. And now the Olympics are because of COVID none of the NHL players are going to the Olympics and people like watching the Olympics with the NHL players. It's just more fun. You know, the, you know, names. Uh, and then even at that, that grows the game too. When you have an NHL guy going to play for your country, in the, for America, at least the U.S., and then you're like, wow, I like watching this guy play. What team is he on? Look up his team, and then you start watching his team. You can't have that this year. They're going to have the amateurs, have the college kids. David Quinn, you know, former New York Rangers head coach, is going to be coaching the team. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, but Brooks. No, no, he's not. He definitely is not. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it stinks. This, kid, this COVID stuff is messing up. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is, the world we're in, the pandemic. You know, I get it. It happens. But, but it's it's only a matter of time. I know we're getting off topic here. Again, go back to football. But you're gonna have a full football playoffs are coming on. You're gonna have an like someone who might be a star, who's a big game, like big name to someone's game, and he's not gonna be available to play because of COVID. And it's gonna it's gonna put a little sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. And then when we're watching the playoffs, it happened in fantasy playoffs. I had 
about four or five guys out with COVID and I just got blown out in my finals. And I was one of the best teams throughout the entire year. So it happens. What's that? Were you though? I was I actually the most points. I was in first place in one league, third in the other. I had the most points in both leagues. And I didn't get out of the semifinals because I, I had all the COVID issues and injury issues. So it stinks, but it's, it's bound to happen in the playoffs and just hoping right now, I think the Bengals actually are banged up with some COVID, which is uh, one week earlier than the playoffs. So hopefully they get it out of their system and it, it won't bother them or affect their game, uh, uh, you know, in the wild card round. But it is what it is at this point. At this point, it is what it is. Um, from all of us here at the Scoreboard Addicts podcast, I just want to thank you for spending this time with us. We'll see you next week. Stay rock! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.